Hello, and welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today, we're speaking with Marissa Schmader from Treasury about a couple different topics. We'll be covering both G-invoicing as well as how the Treasury ARC is utilizing RPA in their operations. So without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome to the podcast. So today I'm happy to have as a guest Marissa Schmader from the Treasury. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so we have a couple topics today. Um, we're going to start off with um, the G invoicing initiative, and then we're going to transition a little bit into what Treasury is doing at the ARC, the Shared Service Center, and uh, with uh, robotics automation. So Marissa, please start off. Let's introduce yourself and what you do at Treasury. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me. My role at Treasury is um, somewhat broad, as you can tell from the description there, talking and dealing with agencies from on anything from de-invoicing to their services at the Treasury ARC Shared Service Center. Um, I'm an executive who's responsible for a lot of the support-related activities um, related to government-wide activities, as well as our Shared Service Center and um, the support that we provide them. Okay, great. Well, good. You're the perfect person to talk to today. Um, so I really want to delve into G-invoicing. You know, I think everybody out there knows about it because they have an implementation plan due in June, right? Um, but uh, do you mind just giving us a kind of a, an overview of the program and, you know, kind of why Treasury decided this is a good direction to go? Yeah, absolutely. So we're really excited that um, G-invoicing is really coming into play right now for agencies. So our goal is to provide a way to strengthen overall the way the government reports on its finances, and this is one of the key components to the Treasury vision. So for G-invoicing specifically, it's really looked to as our long-term sustainable solution to improve the quality of intergovernmental activity. So that is really like the buy-sell activity that occurs between agencies on a day-to-day basis. And essentially what that means is, you know, agencies that do business with each other need a way to do so in a standardized method and an automated way. And that's really what G-invoicing is going to provide. Okay. So so this is actually an an application you would log into from, you know, anywhere. Correct. Yes, it's a web-based application. Right now the way agencies conduct business with each other is through a very manual, non-standardized process. So G-invoicing is meant to be automated online and really provide a repository for agencies to reference that information. Okay, yeah, so provide some standards that we've been wanting for a long time around this. Yes. Um, So why don't we go a little bit into um, a couple things. So talked about implementation plans. What what is an agency implementation plan? And I know they're, they're coming up due in June of this year. Yes, so I appreciate you kind of mentioning the implementation plan. That's obviously the next big milestone that we're working with agencies on. Uh, We do look for them to provide them at the end of June. And what we're essentially looking for from them is how they plan to onboard to G-invoicing, how they plan to work through any process changes they need to make within their organizations, and and how they really look to to partner with the agencies that they're going to be onboarding with and how how they envision that process working. So there's a template that the Treasury has provided, Bureau of Fiscal Service has available on their website Mm -hmm. that agencies can use to get get an idea of what we're looking for in the implementation plans. And then what we'll do once we gather, gather those implementation plans is make them available to every agency that, so they can see hmm. kind of where their trading partners are at in the process and okay. what they're thinking and how they're working through things. Because so much of G-invoicing is going to be dependent on 
you know their their interaction with their what they what we call their trading partners right. or their agencies that they do business with. So mm-hmm. we we heard from a lot of agencies they would need to have insight into what their trading partners are doing, and so we're going to be right. making those available for consumption. And then um, we're also going to be asking for agencies to provide regular updates on a quarterly basis to those mm. plans okay. because we realize you know they're not going to have a perfect idea of how things will will play out here at the end of June. We're asking for what they envision right now and then understand that as they move forward, things could adjust and change. And that'll give us an opportunity to work with them more collaborat- collaboratively through mm. the process, you know, help them with any issues they may be having, and it gives us some insight into where they're at. Okay, right, because, yeah, I mean, I would think if I'm an agency and I, I jump on G-invoicing, but, you know, None of my other trading partners are on there. What good is that going to do anybody, right? <laughs> right. So, well, there's a lot of activity that agencies can be doing to get ready, um, mm-hmm. and that no- involves their own um, terms and conditions, their mm-hmm. um, GT and Cs, right. getting those general terms and conditions into the system and things like that. But outside of that, you really are going to re- rely a lot of um, your activity, you know, working with your trading partners. So, right. So, I mean, is there any? suggestions on that? I mean, if you're an agency that really wants to get on board with this sooner than later to go ahead and reach out to some of your trading partners to see if they're getting on board soon? Absolutely. So we encourage communication and collaboration and that's really one of the fundamental components of what G-invoicing brings to the table because in today's world that communication oftentimes doesn't happen or it happens too late in the game and this really is meant to you know facilitate that brokering of activity from step one in the process. So certainly encourage agencies to be communicating with each other early and often. Okay. So now I noticed the actual drop dead due date when you must be on the system is uh, June 2021, right? Correct, yes. So we still have a couple years here. Um, so I guess, you know, are, is there, are there pilots happening? Are there people already on board? Or what's the, the, the timeline here for everybody? So there are, um, agencies can get access to the system right now right and go in okay. and log in, um, investigate. We actually do have two releases of the software out there for agencies mm-hmm. for um, to use as it relates to their general terms and conditions and their orders. So okay. they can certainly be getting passwords and IDs and logging in, interacting. And we actually did have an agency um, complete their first uh, general terms and conditions oh. in the system and their first order in the system and that was actually the Treasury ARC Administrative yeah. Resource Center so we're, we're trying to get in there and um, make sure we understand how it works for not only ourselves but for our customers so okay but this is an actual production this is not just a test environment kind of thing right correct they have we have a test environment if you'd like well, to leverage that but then we do right. actually have part pieces of the application in production okay wow okay so let's talk about that because um, you know what what pieces are in production and what's what's coming next you know are there phases yes there are so what's in production right now as i mentioned are our general terms and conditions mm-hmm. and so that's been out there since march of uh, 2018 oh, yeah. okay. so we just recently deployed our orders release so that's the next step in the process from an intergovernmental transaction process um, and so we deployed that in march And then coming up in August here, we're going to be deploying another release related to performance Mm -hmm. and some other various enhancements. Um, And so that'll be all of the the key components for G-invoicing, and then we're actually going to have a a release um, a little later on um, in 2020, or I should say throughout 
the process here um, as we move forward related to settlement and enhancement. So mm. we're going to have incre incremental releases through June of 2020 to enhance and tweak as we move forward. We're using an agile development process. Yeah. So we wanted to get the major key component pieces out there um, and get those out there as early as we could. So like I mentioned, we'll have the last major piece in um, production in August mm -hmm. of this year, and then we'll continue to have incremental releases through June of 2020. Okay. So, yeah, so when you say terms and conditions and orders, so, I mean, you know, obviously, if you're not in G invoicing, you have the, the forms out there, the 7600, A, B, all this kind of thing. So is this essentially replacing that? So essentially, well, let me just take a step back. And yeah. just, so the 7600A is essentially what you would consider your general terms and conditions. Right. So that is how that sort of translates from today's form-based language into G invoicing. And then mm -hmm. for 70, the 7600B, that's essentially your order. Right. And so those forms are, are not going away right away. We realize there's going to be an evolution to right. this whole process. Sure. So what we did actually recently do is make sure that the 7600A and B include all the standardized data elements mm -hmm. that will be required in G invoicing so that agencies right. using those forms today can ensure that they're capturing all of that data in a standardized way so that it makes their transition to G-invoicing easier. Right. Um, and so over time, we envision that, that they may, um, that we would look to, you know, over time, phase them out. But it's mm -hmm. certainly not going to be something that will occur right away. And in fact, we want to make sure, given where we're at right now in the implementation cycle, that, that those forms reflect all of the correct data elements. Right. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, sometimes, I mean, it might be, you know, you, it's always good to have some kind of a backup. I mean, folks are over, you know, worldwide, we have, you know, things happening. Sometimes it's hard to get into a system if you're in some, you know, place you can't re you know, reach it. I mean, you might need have to do a paper forms, right? I mean, so we're trying to be flexible and make sure we understand that, you know, not only that other agencies may be using those forms for other internal reasons within their organization, sure. they may be leveraging them for some sort of process. So we wanted to mm -hmm. make sure and keep those in existence and really help ease the transition for agencies to G invoicing. And in fact, they can even attach them as attachments oh, okay. in their in their activity in G invoicing if they need it for some sort of source documentation or something for their agency yeah that makes sense well because so right so if, 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 if we go away from the form for example and then we're just using the the system for the the terms conditions and the orders so I mean is that essentially a system of record so to speak or is it agencies still kind of keeping their own official documents you know. So from a systems or record perspective, G-invoicing is, is not considered a system okay. of record okay. at this point. The agencies really are the owners of that information. Right. So, But we do recognize that agencies need to have a source for all of that information so that they can refer mm -hmm. to it um, if there are differences or questions or things they need to work through with our trading partners. We really want to provide a centralized repository yeah. for agencies. Yeah. That's what we heard a lot from them that they needed. Um, and also from a treasury perspective, we mm -hmm. need access to that information so that if differences do occur at you know at fiscal year end when we're trying to produce the financial report of the US government, mm -hmm. we in fact have a source to go back to as well when we're you know working with agencies who may have an intergovernmental difference and trying to figure out well mm -hmm. what exactly right. should have happened here and what what did you all agree to at the beginning of the of the you know the initial interaction mm -hmm. or the activity. So I'm guessing, I mean, the great thing about this being in a system and you could have some kinds of checks or controls in place too. I mean, are there particular controls or enhancements you think this provides beyond obviously a paper process? Oh, sure. Yes. So 
the the biggest thing here and you mentioned it at the first part of the the podcast is really just enforcing the communication to occur because so many times that lack of communication is what ends up in an intergovernmental difference so at each stage in the process there's going to be required sort of like a handshake to make sure that both the buyer and the seller are in agreement before you move forward right Um, it also ensures that you know, the accounting uh, methodology that's used is agreed upon. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times even simple things like that don't happen today, or like I said, they happen yeah. late in the process, which results in differences right. that result in a lot of the extra time spent by both the agencies as well as Treasury trying to reconcile and determine, you know, who was right, who was wrong, when should this have been, you know, recorded, and, and how should ha- should it have been recorded. Right. And uh, and also you said, I mean, so that we're one of the early phases, right? So we have the, those two, uh, you know, capabilities, but you're going to be adding performance and other pieces to it as well, right? Correct. So can you go a little bit more into specifically what those areas are and, you know, how, how that's different from today? You know, like performance, for example, how's that going to change from how people do it today? Okay. So for performance, so today there is nothing that, um, requires agencies to agree on the what was delivered or performed right. prior to you know money exchanging or, or the settlement mm-hmm. of activity. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing in G invoicing is really requiring there to be agreement on the performance of the of the transaction, whether it's um, you know been delivered or performed this before. Was done, this was delivered, right? Yeah, this mm-hmm. was done. This was delivered um, before the actual settlement takes place. So, yeah. and that is that is a huge shift in how that activity is handled versus yeah. today, where you you end up in things. You know, you may have heard of or agencies probably have heard of things like IPAC wars, you know, where there's money exchanging going back and yeah, forth, but, back, but, there, yeah, but there's no agreement on what, what did we actually, was, was this service completed? Mm-hmm. Did we receive the goods that we agreed to? So um, there will be um, some definite change in the process that re- as it relates to performance. Yeah, that's great. I mean, similar to how folks do, you know, contract payments and things, you know, we got to know that this, these goods were delivered, these services are rendered, we need some, you know, that they actually you know, have evidence of that and, and mark it down. I mean, now this is great with, because this has been something I've always struggled with, you know, exactly this, you know, was it delivered? Was it done? You know, what what is this payment for? You know, should I even allow it or not? Exactly. And often, you know, as an agency, you didn't have any control over that. I right. mean, it would it just, just it just happened. And it usually was like at the end of the month and you were trying to frantically reconcile. Yeah, and you're like, what's this? Okay, well. Yes. So, okay. And then how about, you know, some of the final phases? What, what other enhancements would you put in there? So those are still being worked out. I think we're okay. working towards um, getting those key pieces in there, like I said originally. And then as we work through the process, we just mm-hmm. understand in an agile development environment, yep. there are going to be things that we'll need to consider. You know, and even as we work forward with agencies and they're you know in the system and interacting, and so we're we're just you know allowing ourselves to build in the flexibility of of iterating if we need to to enhance or tweak the existing process. Okay. Well. Um... You know, so now, uh, you know, obviously the plans are, are coming due, but, you know, folks want to get trained up and understand this a little more closely. You know, what resources are out there? Well, we've got lots of resources out there available for agencies. And so I would point them definitely to the fiscal service website. So where we have um, a number of information or a number of resources available. So we have our program guide, which provides information on the accounting and how that should work. We have... Um, we actually have an intergovernmental transaction working group that we have hundreds of participants in right now and we always encourage agencies anybody can participate as part of that group we have regular meetings with them we have standard offered out office hours we have periodic webinars Mm -hmm. we have 
you know, just a plethora of resources out there for agencies and our on our website. And so the website is actually fiscal.treasury.gov forward slash G dash invoice. Okay. So, but if you get out there to the fiscal service website and you go to the G invoicing system, you will definitely find a number of resources out there and available. Yeah, we'll put a link on our website too on you know, with the podcast. Great. Um, yeah, and I, I've actually attended a webinar. I thought it was great. So I think you guys are doing great with the guidance. Yeah, and we have um, many you know staff you know that are willing to come out and meet with agencies. I know we do a lot of interaction one on one with agencies because. Their process is, you know, usually quite specific to their agency in terms of yeah. how they execute their intergovernmental activity. And there's many parties involved within each agency, so we recognize that it's going to take some definite outreach to to gain the num- level of understanding and onboarding to G invoicing that we're looking for. Right, right. Um, and then, I mean, just one last little question on this, but I mean, I'm assuming it's up to the agencies kind of how they want to interface and what any kind of systems changes or modifications they think they need to make to work with the with the with the software or is treasury providing any guidance on that you know kind of interfaces and things so treasury is definitely working hand in hand with the major erp development Mm -hmm. um systems the major erp systems and companies so we understand that that's going to be a huge you know stepping stone for sure. agencies in terms mm-hmm. of making sure that their software that they use today from an accounting perspective is ready and able to interact with G-invoicing. So right. that's why we're starting at the source with those core um, ERP providers. And we also are working in tandem with um, another treasury group. It's called the um, the um, Financial Management Standards Committee or the FMSC. Mm-hmm. And so that group is specifically meant to help broker conversations between the agencies and the ERP vendors, as well as the various groups in Treasury who are maybe implementing new mandates like we are with G invoicing. So we're working hand in glove with that group to make sure that there's interaction and communication taking place between agencies, their software providers, and helping to facilitate how we move forward successfully yeah. on that path. But to your point, the agency processes themselves are usually quite specific to that agency, sure. and so um, there is going to be a lot of agency-specific work that will be needed, especially mm-hmm. from a process perspective. Right. But from an overall systems perspective, while Treasury doesn't have responsibility for the ERPs, we are very much making sure we communicate with them early and often. Right. That's great. Okay. Well, let's uh, switch to another topic, one of my favorites, uh, robotics process automation. Um, so specifically, so you said your one of your teams includes the uh, the Treasury Arc folks, right? Correct. So uh, I understand the Arc is using RPA, and I'd love to, uh, for our audience to hear more about that. Kind of give us an overview of what what the Arc is doing. Sure. Well, we're very excited about RPA, as many other agencies are, and so um, from our perspective, we're again all focused on the Treasury Financial Management visit vision and transforming the way that fiscal service manages the government's finances. And so RPA is one of the key components of that as well. We are working to really eliminate the manual processes that we have in place today within ARC as much as we can to increase our efficiency and our effectiveness for our customers. And so from an ARC perspective, we started out with the pilot, you know, um, and learned a lot through that pilot process and we're now actually in production leveraging RPA for a handful of our services that we 
perform on behalf of our customers and looking for you know many more on the horizon or many more I should say are planned on the horizon mm -hmm. in terms of how to improve our efficiency and our effectiveness. So what are uh, you know what what types of processes have been good for for automation have you found there? Well, we have a long list from our employees of things that they would like to automate. Mm -hmm. And right now where we focused again because we're, you know, still I would say in the learning process, but where we're focusing are things that are highly standardized mm -hmm. and are things that are very clear structured and documented. Mm -hmm. So I think those are key components that you can, if you have processes like that that are out there that are manual and you have them well documented and they're standardized, they're really easy to pick up and leverage the RPA process with. Mm -hmm. And so for us, a couple of examples, really a handful of examples for us really center around automating the um, creation and notification to agencies via email um, on many various many of the various processes that we interact with them on a, on a daily basis so yeah. for example if a user has not logged into a system for you know 80 days yeah. we need to send them an email or I'd say I should say rather before they actually have gotten to that point we send out reminder emails to make mm -hmm. sure that they're aware that they haven't logged into a system for a certain period of time so we want to make sure we're reminding them that they need to log in so that your system access does not get eliminated so you know things like that that occur on a regular basis right now are mm -hmm. sort of where we're dipping our toe in sure um, and while we're going through the list of other many um, RPA processes that we have on hand to determine which ones are going to be the the next area we want to focus on but mm -hmm. a lot of the things we have right now are related to email notification to our customers sure. for various things changes that we may be making for them to let them know that we've received the notice or the change has been made um, things along those lines. Okay, then. So, what what are some things you're kind of exploring then for the future? In that, you know, what other kind of transactions or processes, you know? Well, the list is long, and I would say if we were to take a step back, one of the areas we're looking to get into next, because right now our focus has been on financial management processes, right? And so we have number of activities that we're working on there. But a new area that we're getting to look at, or we're starting to look at, is our HR processing, oh, wow. and how we can identify processes that would be good to leverage RPA for there, hmm. um, to help make ourselves again more efficient um, and effective, and mm -hmm. eliminate drive out those manual processes. So, if you know, just to give you some insight, we're trying to yeah. look not just within the area of financial management, but starting to look at things like HR, and we'll be moving on from there to other areas within ARC. Okay. So, you know, are, so is this something that's kind of transparent to your customers, or, I mean, do folks even realize, you know, that a bot is doing something, you know? So, no, our, <laughs> our customers don't realize that a bot is doing something. <laughs> um, we always joke around, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the one way a customer would know if the bot had done something, if, you know, for like a, the example that I mentioned as far as the email An notifications, email. if we were to sign their name, you know, the, the bot, you know, the bot name as opposed to a, a person's name, they may have um, some visibility in there. But really, the intent right. behind RPA is to make sure that we don't disrupt service to our customers, actually enhance service to our customers and really the the use of RPA should be transparent for them and they shouldn't really be impacted they should you know continue to to receive good service right so you know i mean have you already started kind of 
reaping the benefits of automating these things? You know, do you save some dollars or some time? You know, what, what, where, what are some benefits you're seeing? We're definitely seeing benefits. And for us right now, um, because we're in the beginning stages, we're starting to, we definitely have benchmark where we're at with processes mm -hmm. and we're seeing um, savings there as far as time um, yeah. for us. And given that we have about eight processes in production mm -hmm. right now, we're starting to really capture a lot of that data so that we can harness it in terms yeah. of how we want to leverage um, yeah, measuring things and how we want to leverage those efficiencies going forward. So for for us, I think the biggest benefit we've seen right now is for staff time. Right. You know, yeah. the time that they spend during the day doing those sort of automatic processes. Yeah, repetitive. Or repetitive. You might even just forget, oh, did I send that email out? You don't have to remember. It's already automated for you. Correct. Yeah. Right. For for an audit purposes, that's very critical. So it may seem like a just an everyday task, but from an audit perspective, having that type of documentation is critical. So to be able to repurpose those resources to do other things, focus on new projects, that's really where we're seeing the immediate benefit right now. Mm -hmm. and, and as we continue to grow that list of bots in production, I know we'll continue to see some some bigger, bigger savings and efficiencies. Yeah. I mean, but I think time is really ultimately the big one of the biggest things. I mean, right. I mean time is money, as they say. Right. So, I mean, if you save hundreds and hundreds, thousands of hours, I mean, that's huge. It yeah. is. It's huge for us, and especially when we're looking to grow as a shared service provider. That mm -hmm. allows us to provide over time, you know, better pricing to our customers, better service to our customers, yeah. and we continue to, you know, maintain our footprint. So we don't need to continue to hire people to yeah. do this work. Um, we can, you know, over time. Yeah, I mean, I can envision, let's say you have 10 customers now with a certain number of people. Well, if you can automate X more, you can add 10 more and only have to add one more person. Correct, okay. you know, yeah. For example, you know. That is our goal over time as we continue yeah. to m mature this process. And so for us, the people who are doing this type of work today are are very valuable because they're mm -hmm. you know, they're oftentimes very anxious and interested in pro progressing in their career. And right. so, you know, we have a hard time even keeping them in jobs like this because once they get in and they start learning the work and they advance and look for opportunities to advance their career. So it really helps us stabilize this type of work as well in terms of the turnover that we experience. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I know sometimes people say, oh, bots are scary because they're going to take jobs away. And I always like to look at it as they're just going to make your job easier and you can focus on more interesting things, right? That's exactly what we've heard from our employees. They've yeah. been really, really excited. Like I said, they're the ones submitting all of the ideas and really bringing things to light for us and mm -hmm. where we can make efficient, you know, maybe where we can make improvements to our process and become more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh just throwing it out there, but so have you guys thought about any other, you know, even more futuristic things? I mean, I've looked at your, your vision statements and all that. I mean, I know artificial intelligence as a word is in there, I believe. So our RPA for sure is kind of like where we are now. Have you guys, you know, thought about more artificial intelligence kind of uh, kind of things? So I know the, the Treasury Bureau of Fiscal Service is definitely mm -hmm. interested in exploring other innovative ideas yeah. um, of how to advance the financial management vision for Treasury. So ARC is definitely willing and interested in um, participating. I sure. would say there are other um, groups within Treasury that are very focused on innovation, our financial um, innovation and transformation team, the FIT team within right. Treasury is very focused on looking at other types of um, automation, whether it be chatbots or blockchain. Mm -hmm. So we're 
very interested in that as well and as those things continue to mature and um, there's opportunities to maybe partner on pilots again as they continue to mature we will be um, very very interested in how we can advance the service for our customers and, and leverage some of these technologies great well marissa thank you very much for joining us today i think we learned a lot and uh yeah I, i'm looking forward to, to to what rpa can do and to get on this G invoicing system. Yes, well, so we're, we're, I appreciate again the opportunity to talk, to talk with you today, and we look forward to agencies providing those G invoicing plans in June of 2019, and then we are anxious to have everybody on board in 2020. Great, well, thanks again. Thank you. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Visit us at agacgfm.org. Check out all, all our other podcasts. July here. Looking forward to the PDT and I'm planning on doing some podcasts down there as well. So I'm looking forward to that and I hope you all will join in and uh, check those out when we post them up. So until next time, this is Paul Marshall signing off from County Broly Talks with AGA.